0: Pizza
1: presents... <laughs> <S-T-P-> <laughs> the
2: Steve Dangle podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle. Ad-
3: well, just hours after the NHL wraps up their very foggy and underattended game, <laughs> the first of its kind in China, we have. There's really no connection here. P. Backer. I tried. Wait, we're gonna try just that again. Try that again. Going with this, <laughs> sure. Um, just, just. Months after Fox Sports 1 officially pivoted to video, we now have CBS Sports digital writer? How do, What would you describe your... Uh, I- I'm, I'm just going to
4: read his, his Twitter. Sports, <laughs> pop culture, and less important things. Writer for CBS Sports. Podcaster for Listen to Brunch and Section 10 Podcast.
3: The okay. one and only Pete Blyper. Hi, Pete. Take two was <laughs> <laughs> better. Two was better. Two was better than uh, one. I disagree. Um, nope. so, so Pete, man. Wh- okay. So first off, we just want to say congratulations. Uh, we understand that now you will officially be able to leave your mother's basement.
0: Uh, yes, I guess, but I probably won't.
4: Yeah, that's where all his weights are. <laughs> that's true. He's, he's definitely not going to leave. He's got to do the California workout as the as the most jacked person in in. Sports podcasting, I'll call him.
0: That, I'm sure that's a real tough title to attain.
3: I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, you're right, Pete. All the in-shape guys are doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Well, Cam Charon could have been. He was like a personal trainer. Was and he? then he's like, oh, math, Leafs.
3: Yeah. Pythagorean no,
4: theorem you might say Pythagorean th- I cannot we, wait to get to we that. We are going to get to that. His we whole are going to get just banter around that. Oh.
3: So so oh. we got a few things that we got to talk about Pete. Um I, are you are you upset about Tori Krug?
0: I am upset about Tori Krug <laughs> I love Tory, Krug. What uh, happened to Tory uh, Krug I wish all the best for him and I don't want to see He has a nice handsome face too. I don't want to see his, his handsome face uh adjusted by shots taken to the grill.
3: Yeah. Oh, so going to miss that. Yeah, he's going to miss 3 weeks for puck in the mouth. Oh, so that's not cool. It's a bad
4: condition to have that old puck in the mouth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so P, before we really get started here, you know, a lot of people are going to know you, as, especially from Canada. A lot of people are going to know you as, you know, somebody who's absolutely hysterical to follow on Twitter. But you've also worked for Uproxx, Fox Sports 1, uh, now with CBS Sports. Uh, if, if you were to give us like a quick resume, where did you start? How did you get into this? What did you do? And then we're going to talk full on sports because there's a ton of stuff, a ton of ground to cover.
5: Uh, well I started
0: in college I started blogging uh, with my own blog uh, and I did that for like the entirety of my college career so like nine years trying to get my undergraduate degree um, and then that you was spent a nine years in getting your undergrad to, to achieve a four-year degree um, <laughs> but I so I did that and I kind of got a, a little bit of a following from there so once uh, once I graduated, I was put in charge of like a, this kind of like startup site, um, and I ran that for about two years, and then from there is when I joined on to Uprox. and I was at Uproxx for about a year before Fox Sports scooped me up, um, and then I was at Fox Sports for a little under a year before they decided to pivot to Irrelevance.
4: So, yeah. Uh, which, that's awesome. Which tell us how you really feel, about. man. Um <laughs> sorry, can we just back up a little bit there Van Wilder. 9 years to get your undergrad?
3: Is that what I heard?
0: Yeah, that was a joke about me. Being <laughs> <undergrad>. oh!
3: <laughs> so in the room Pete, you, you missed this, but in the room Steve's like Steve asked that question while you were, were telling us the what answer did? and you didn't hear him. So Jesse's like, "No, ask it again." <laughs> Because because Jesse and I picked up on the fact that you might have been kidding. But no! Uh, Steve wanted to ask a serious question, so I
1: encouraged him to right, right. Up to class.
4: I used to tell people I do a podcast with my friends, and now I just tell them I do a
1: podcast. <laughs>
3: Um so, so Pete, context. you're you're obviously now with CBS Sports so what are you doing that you're 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 writing words on on a computer screen and then posting that to the internet which is something that uh Fox Sports is no longer doing mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. what specifically are you doing there
0: Uh my official title is trending writer so I'm going to be like covering the stuff that basically the internet's talking about uh Every day, and uh, trying to do it. And the uh, the reason that they brought me on was because they they're looking to get more voice driven stuff. And if there's something that I have, it's definitely a voice, uh, whether you like it or not. So I'm going to be kind of just doing that stuff every day. And I'm sure there'll be there'll be hockey stuff uh, mm-hmm. once the season starts. So I'll be writing columns and and stuff like that. So, but I guess my main job title and duty is to kind of. Cover what the uh, what the internet's talking about in sort of a humorous fashion, so should be fun.
3: Well, you're terrible at that. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: as as someone who has been laid off many, many, very many times mm-hmm. uh, themselves, uh, how how good is uh, how good are you feeling right now? That you're like, I think, what is this week one at the new gig?
0: Yeah. So this is my second day, and uh, oh wow, I'm already. <laughs> already taking time off to do this podcast, so I'm sure, <laughs> That's good. I'm sure the second layoff won't be uh, far behind, uh, but yeah, no, I feel really, really great, uh, and, and honestly, it, it really couldn't have worked out more perfect, uh, in the sense that I was laid off immediately after hockey season, um, and I was unemployed throughout the entire summer. So it was a, uh, a pretty good summer of Pete over here, um, you know, and, you know, it's, if you're going to get laid off, might as well be in the off season, might as well be a, during the nicest weather of the year. And, you know, not to mention the fact that I ended up landing in a spot where I'm happy I'm working with uh, a bunch of really good people. And, and you know, I really, really like the, uh, the direction that we're headed in. My bosses seem to really understand what I'm able to do well. So uh, it should be fun.
4: Um, it's, it's very important to have bosses like identify what you're good at and actually let you do it. I've learned that that's the biggest thing
0: for me. It's like, I need to be able to work with somebody who understands my strengths, understands my weaknesses and kind of just isn't a dick. Like (laughs) you're only deep, man. That's that. And that's not to say that 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 was the case at Fox because I worked with some awesome, awesome people over at Fox. Uh, and the whole team was great, which is why I was so bitter about the fact that they just dissolved everything. Um, but I have learned that just you're only as good as your boss lets you be. Um, so that was really, really important to me when I was looking for, for the next gig.
3: So, I mean, since we're on the subject, what happened? What happened to Fox, and, and why did they do it? Why Why get rid of all your editorial content?
0: I mean, if you're looking for the answers... You're asking the wrong person because I still have trouble wrapping my head around it. Uh, from from what I understand it, I mean, the, the reason that it happened is because somebody who doesn't really understand editorial and doesn't un- really understand uh, how consuming sports content works looked at numbers on a page and said, hey, video revenue is more lucrative uh, than selling ads for, for digital, digital stories or digital journalism and things like that. So they just decided to completely pivot to video uh, to make money. But when you do that, you kind of just ignore the fact that most people don't go to to websites to watch video.
3: Like, no, no. Like if, if I'm in an airport and I'm I'm on the Sportsnet app, I'm I'm looking, I'm reading. Right.
0: Like if you're in any public place, even if you're at home, I feel like mm-hmm. most people don't want to watch a video. They'd rather just quickly read an article. Uh, and get the same sort of content. I guess if you're super duper lazy, or if you're on Facebook, you love videos. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just think that you know most of the time, especially for people at work or people people in public, they're not going to watch a video. So you know, I, I I still again I still have trouble wrapping my head around it. But uh, I think the the fallout of that decision has really kind of proven that it was. You know, proven everybody. Everybody thought that it was a bad idea when it happened, and and the fall has kind of proven that that, that was correct.
4: Yeah, uh, Jesse just showed me the smoldering poop emoji that is foxsports.com. Like I'm looking at it today, it's it's a Tumblr page. What they invented yeah, was yeah. a Tumblr page.
0: <laughs> yep, that's uh, all did it is. Do you happen to see the the statistics that came out oh, last yeah. week?
4: Okay, Glad so, you, know. you asked, there, Peter. <laughs> Glad you asked. So, was this? Are you talking the Jimmy Traina tweet?
0: Uh, yeah. There's there's a couple of them. Richard Dice and Jimmy Traina put out uh, a couple nice little tidbits about the their traffic numbers.
4: Well, here's the one I got. So, uniques. So, what what would a unique be? By the
3: way, a unique view, you mean? A, ni- a unique view. Okay. So that would be like one. It's it's. Because like, there's views and then there's unique views. So if I go to a page 10 times, it's still one unique view. Okay. That's how I understand it. Am I wrong, Pete? Yeah, no, that's correct. Okay. So,
4: Uniques, August 2016, $26.4 That's amazing. For FoxSports.com. This past August, August 2017, nine. Wow. <laughs> Time spent, August 2016, 136 million minutes. It's a lot. August 2017, fifty six. Sorry, fifty six million. Million. Yeah, okay.
0: no, it's not even fifty six
4: million. It's just fifty six minutes.
2: Just fifty six <laughs> minutes. Less than an
4: hour. And video only uniques in August 2016, one point four million, and in August 2017, one hundred and three thousand. Whoa. So wait, I'm sorry. Is that how many people viewed a video on FoxSports.com? in august
0: a hundred and three thousand that's it like, it's i get i guess that's that is it's just insane to me when I was there uh I, I get that a know, week I don't think I was like one of the I don't think I was the highest person there, but when I was there, my benchmark was three million pages uh a month so you know just looking at those numbers and seeing that they're having trouble even cracking that is crazy to me. It's insane, but it's, it's not. And the worst part is it's like it's kind of predictable. I think everybody could have said that this was going to go poorly. I don't know if people thought that it would go this poorly this this fast, though.
3: So you got to think that they're going to self-correct here pretty soon and start hiring editorial staff back, no? I mean, you
0: would imagine, but I, I want to see how that goes just because – just because, the, I mean, they had such a great staff in place beforehand. Like, I, And that's not even blowing smoke or not even, you know, obviously I'm biased because I worked there and I was part of it. But I really, really love the team that we had. And, you know, we had a lot of people who understood the Internet and a lot of people who understood how, uh, you know, how to actually make a, a profitable and enjoyable website that was fun to go to um and was also able to cover news and do opinion and do just like that kind of fun stuff uh it was a great 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 mix of that stuff and you know they threw it all away so uh that's tough to get back uh you know there are a lot of websites that that cover sports on the internet and not a ton of them do it well so it'll be interesting interesting to see how they uh they put a team together uh, if they decide to do that again. But no, I will say they do have the money to be able to do it. So
3: okay. yeah, they do. We'll see. Yeah, that's crazy.
4: That's that's why I think there will be a correction here. Like when things started to go downhill, at, like. Uh, you know, maybe Leafs TV when I was there or CBC. Like uh, it was budget restrictions. Like they were broke, right? Yeah. Uh, Fox isn't broke; they're just dumb. Like for what they did. Well, and, the th- and the th- so I
3: got to assume they it. The interesting part for me and and Pete, you know, a little bit more about this, and I and I want to I want to segue this into the NHL in the United States because ESPN all, did a, did something similar, and I want to kind of get how it's viewed down there because you know we only really have the Canadian perspective, but you know when when you look at the, the chasm between what management knows about the internet and what you know about the internet. I wonder when this decision was made, did anybody go to the guy in charge, and it was one guy, and strangely enough, he was let go a week after all these layoffs happened, uh, for sexual, I believe there was sexual assault allegations? You go right um, ahead, harassment. I don't know. Harassment, harassment, okay. Okay. Um, you know, did anybody, Pete, go to him and go, like, was this a surprise or did anybody go to him and go, hey, you're making the wrong move here? Like, do you, do you know anything about that?
0: Oh, I think there was plenty of resistance. So I first got wind of the, the you know, the, the possibility that there would be layoffs a couple of months before they actually happened. Um, but I was so disconnected from, from the rest of the team there because I'm in Boston and uh, they're based out of L.A. And pretty much everybody works in L.A., uh, who works for the website? So uh, I was very much out of the loop. But you know, from what I heard, almost everybody else was kept out of the loop too. Uh, like my my boss didn't know what the hell was going to happen um, until the day that I was laid off, and, and he was laid off as well. Um, but the guy wow. who actually hired me, I know that he had discussions with uh, with Jimmy Horowitz, who was in charge at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he had discussions trying to convince him. Not to do the whole uh, full video thing, um, and obviously they didn't really, they didn't really come, they didn't really work. Uh, but I know that he did his his damn best to convince him not to do that because he he saw it for what it was, and and uh, you know now he works at ESPN. So
3: wow, and and ESPN has cut a lot of their ho- their NHL coverage. So you know, being down there, and I know you're not exclusively in the NHL with what you're doing with CBS. Um, uh, but it seems like it's your first love. Um, how is it, how is it perceived by the fans and how is it perceived by the media outlets? Cause you have the benefit of, of being able to look at it from both perspectives. So is it, is it that the, the, um, the media outlets down there don't see it as enough of a, of a money winner, which, you know, in, in many cases it's not. Um, and do the fans see it as, you know, the fans are like small and hardcore or it, how does it work down there?
0: Um, I mean, it's, there's definitely, I I have the benefit of living in a, in a really great hockey city in Boston. I mean, it's, it's about as good here and and like in Minnesota, probably the two best, best places to be. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as that goes, I don't know, on the digital side, I know that there's, there's an audience for hockey, but the ceiling isn't quite as high, uh, in terms of readership. Here, so uh, like I was doing well with my hockey stuff at Fox. It was read consistently, and I would hit my numbers and, and benchmarks. Um, but you know, the stories wouldn't take off like some of the NBA stories would, and they wouldn't gain that traction. And I think a big, a big reason why is you know hockey doesn't have uh, the pull in terms of names and uh, and and you know pure stardom down here. Uh, when you look at, at the NBA, it's like you got LeBron, you got Steph Curry, uh, Durant, uh, like those names, people will read stories and, you know, have interest or watch TV segments just based around those names. Um, and, you know, the NHL doesn't really have the same effect here. Uh, you know, if you ask a casual hockey fan or somebody who, you know, will only watch a few games a year down here, like, I did this last year. Most people that I talked to just didn't even know who Connor McDavid was, and that's insane to me. I know that wow. he's young, and I know that he's only been in the league for a few years, but he's arguably, like, the he's probably the second-best player in the game right now, if you ask me. Uh, and the fact that most casual fans just don't even know who he is or what team he plays for is crazy. It is insane. It shouldn't be that
3: way. Is it because they lack the the pizzazz, like personality-wise, and a pizzazz is such an old word? But you know, LeBron's yes. a LeBron's a personality. Kevin Durant has multiple Twitter accounts. Um, <laughs> you know, like step. <laughs> you know, uh, you know there there are there are guys in the NBA and the N- the NFL who have real outlandish, crazy personalities, and the NHL doesn't seem to have that. Is that part of it? Yeah,
0: and I think part of it is that they're really not. Allowed to, or it's not encouraged for them to to have those loud personalities, or you know, be be more than just like a team guy. Uh, you know, anything that a guy does to kind of build his own brand or his individual uh, interest is looked at a lot of the times as him being selfish or him being uh, a diva, or you know, trying to command too much spotlight for him for himself. And you know, it it shouldn't be that way. It should be Guys, guys should be trying to build up their own brand as much as possible because that brings attention to them it brings attention to the game and it and it just creates interest and I've I've had that stance for a while and it's, it's just frustrating to see how much uh, how like because hockey players are interesting they are interesting despite what they might come off as in, in in interviews and stuff like that with all their cliches but these are like really humorous a lot of times really humorous really, Really good guys with great personalities, and they're just not allowed to put them on display.
4: I I think that's probably true because yeah. you talk to any of them off camera; they're just regular. There's regular people. They love to crack jokes. They probably trash talk more than you know most other sports. Um, and then you know you put a microphone in front of their face and they say nothing. Here's my gauge for personality and fame these days: Is there an NHL player? Famous enough and charismatic enough to do an episode of Hot Ones. <laughs> do you know that
0: show? Uh, yes, I do know that show. And my answer would be probably uh, one single person. I bet you can guess who it is
3: Alexander Ovechkin. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but that would be a pretty good one. Yeah, I would
0: he, say he'd, Subban.
3: he'd be fun. Oh, I was going to say Shea Weber, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <well. laughs> and not Sidney Crosby. That's
4: interesting. Yeah. McDavid maybe, maybe. He, like that new EA commercial like it was a it was like kind of a glimmer of hope like maybe yeah, we're actually yeah, going to let this guy have that. fun like maybe but, we're going to yeah, let him have fun
0: but if you put Sidney Crosby on an episode of Hot Wings I guarantee you he would share all his wings with his teammates
3: <laughs> yeah. How can I incorporate this into hockey? Yeah. Yeah. How do I make this a team game? <laughs> he would just
4: keep handing wings to Chris Kunitz and Connor Sherry he, Even though Kunitz isn't on the Penguins anymore uh, No, That's that's my new gauge though Because mm-hmm. Kevin Durant went on Hot Ones And it wasn't weird It wasn't weird Like he has a personality He's funny A persona And he's argu- he's on a bad day a top 3 player in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So does hockey have that? I guess the answer is
3: probably not not
1: no. really <laughs> No, if you look at somebody like Lonzo Ball who's never played a game in the NBA He's more famous than every NHL player I'd say Lonzo Ball's dad is-
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That is true When was the last like- time a hockey player was on
4: Monday Night Raw? Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> Never. Never. Right. I'm now, trying, to, trying to think. What do you think is a, a bigger brand? Uh, CCM down there or Big Baller brand? <laughs>
0: uh, I think it's it's gotta be CCM. No, okay. Okay. Be CCS. nobody enough. gives a shit about big ballers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Even, we got one. Even the, ball, even the balls don't give a shit about big Okay.
4: <laughs> I don't know, man. I could really go for some six hundred dollars shoes or whatever hey, the hell. Those shoes selling.
1: will be the lightest shoes ever. Yeah. Is that what they are? No, no that's, what that's, what they
3: that's said. They'll also fall apart probably. Nope. No. You know, no. They're no. Four hundred dollars. They're four hundred dollars. And they're the lightest shoes ever. Man, yeah, that's scary. Um, so, so I, I, Peter, we've got to talk about the Bruins here for a sec because it was sort of an interesting summer. And if you look at Cap Friendly, which I love to look at Cap Friendly uh, every day, every day, every every, show. every day, it's my it's budget. There was one particular player who, until recently, did not have a contract, and I wanted to know how terrifying was it having the prospect of David Pasternak not coming to camp.
0: Uh, it was the most terrifying. It, it just you know, when when you're a Bruins fan, there every summer there's something where it's like, all right, what well, could go wrong here? Because it's absolutely going to go wrong, and it's going to be the worst. Uh, and you know, for Bruins fans, it was the passing that contract this year, and like, it was very very hard to explain because in the back of my mind, I I knew that they were going to get it done. I knew that. Like, there's no way that they can screw this up again. Oh, there's a few uh, they, ways. <laughs> there's a way, yeah. And, and they almost got there. Uh, but just as it kept going on, I was like, there's no way that they can screw this up. But then, you know, I kept tricking myself into, into thinking, well, they've done it before. They can definitely do it again. So I was, like, torn in, in the middle. Uh, and I think I was just more frustrated by, uh, like, the reaction to uh the fan reaction to to kind of the negotiations as they were going on. Like somehow at the beginning of the summer, you know, he deserved a big contract and, you know, he was in line for a huge payday after last season. And then that shifted as the summer went on and fans were like, Well, he's only had one good year, so you can't pay him for for seven or eight. And he doesn't deserve uh you know he doesn't deserve more than seven million a year or whatever, and it's like, dude, he just he just came off a season as a twenty year old in which you know n- almost like nobody has done that other than great. Um, so, and then obviously the classic Bruins fan move is to blame Peter Sh- Peter Shirelli for for setting the bar way too high and screwing up the current current state of the Bruins even from Edmonton so uh, you know, I don't know. It, was, it was so so frustrating and and when they finally got the deal done uh, I was almost disappointed that uh, Don Sweeney won because that that deal's great and I love I love criticizing Don Sweeney and I and I uh, you know it, it was you know as a negative pessimist person, it was a bummer to me that I couldn't uh, hold that over Don He <laughs> Definitely won in the negotiations and then stalling there. So,
4: so I, I got a couple questions there. Uh, one is: Do you find Bruins fans are more likely to turn on their own than others? Because that is my observation, or at least the media uh, in Boston.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know Bruins fans—they're from Boston, so they automatically just hate everybody pretty much anyway. So, you know, but I will say that Bruins fans do turn on each other more than uh, most of the other sports here. It does seem that way. Why is that? Uh, Because I think there's such a big divide between, like, old big bad Bruins and, like, the old time style of hockey. and So, like, a lot of the older fans are very, very resistant to, you you know, analytics and kind of the way that the game has evolved. And they... They just, like, when they see a guy like David Back, they're like, oh, big-time leader in the room, and, and you know, he plays a tough physical game, and he plays with a ton of heart. They see that contract, and they're like, oh, what a great deal for the Bruins. And then, you know, smart people look at that and go, wow, that contract's going to look bad in a couple of years. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I right think there away. is such a big divide uh, between those two styles of hockey fans,
3: um, especially here. Kind of seems like there's a divide in management, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Cam Neely has gotten away with, uh, has escaped without a ton of blame. But, I mean, if you're going to point the finger at somebody, it should be that guy rather than Peter Sorelli or Don Sweeney. I mean, a lot of the decisions seem to be coming from Cam Neely. He's still there. uh, And, you know, it's, it's a weird position to be in as a Bruins fan now because, you look at you know the pipeline, and they have a lot of good young players coming up, uh, and there's a lot of reason to be optimistic for where the team is headed. But then you also look at you know the David Backus contract. You look at the, the Matt Bolesky contract. You're know, like, well, they're going to have to pay these young guys, and they're in kind of a, a tougher position than they should be because they still stink at signing players. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a real tough position to be in, like the – they're good. They seem to be good at scouting. They seem to be good at uh, you know building the pipeline. But they just really make questionable moves in terms of uh, player acquisition.
4: The other question I had, and it's, it applies to the Bruins now, and for me it applied to the Leafs, I would say, as recently as last year, definitely two years ago. How do you balance cheering for what is best for the team and what's hilarious. <laughs> because for the longest uh, time the Leafs Oh, just nothing but hits. Nothing but hits hilarity. But it made the team really, really, really bad.
3: You could say you one might say that you established your career on the misery of Leaf fandom.
4: If the Leafs made the playoffs four times, uh, you know, in my first nine years doing videos, I don't think anyone would have cared. <laughs> like I think it's because it's a they the bonding were so experience, bad, yeah. And the one time they make it, it's friggin' game seven. <laughs>
0: I will speak from personal experience, Steve, you definitely built your brand off of Leafs Misery. Because (laughs) my my first exposure to you was when I was in high school, probably like 10 10 years ago at this point, it was you screaming into uh, a YouTube video about two garage shutting out their Leafs. Oh! Cry
4: it out loud! (laughs) I forgot that (laughs) happened!
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that was, that was my first exposure to you. But, uh, in terms of that, in terms of that question, I think that there's an answer and it. I would rather see, uh, I would rather see the Bruins be absolutely hilariously terrible than see them stuck in the middle, uh, and be, you know, just a uh, bubble team like they've been for the past couple of years. Um, you, things, know, you can't seem I mean, to move forward, right? If you're a bubble team, you can't, yeah. If you're a bubble team, it's, you're just stuck in mediocrity unless something brilliant happens to you, which you know you're you're probably going to wait a while for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's like if, if I hate the moves that are like, oh, they'll it they'll be a better team, but it's not going to put them over the edge. So I'd rather see them be horrible, uh, knowing that I'll be able to get good content and be able to, you know, make fun of them and at least make it a little bit more entertaining for fans uh, than see them kind of toil in mediocrity and just be like, oh, well, this team's not going to do anything. So.
4: <clears throat> what will the Bruins get for Zidane Chara at the trade deadline?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't imagine
3: that happening.
4: You're all the way wrong,
3: but continue. <clears throat> Steve has this dream that he's going to come to the Leafs somehow.
4: Yeah, and we're going to go from Martin Marincin to Zdeno Chara, and it's going to be dope.
3: It would be like it would be a, a
0: solid pickup if the Leafs were able to get him. But uh, yeah, I don't see it happening because I think the Bruins believe that they can compete. Whether that's correct or incorrect, we'll see. But I do think that this this front office won't concede the fact that you know, that they're either selling or, you know, giving up on competing. So they're not going to trade Char, and I also think that they want to keep him probably for a couple of years beyond this year. Wow. At a limited oh, really? ice. Okay. So oh. I think that he might stick around beyond the season.
3: Right, and, you know, I mean, if mm. you limit his ice, he's still a pretty effective guy just based on his size. As long as he can skate yeah, yeah. a little bit. Load. yeah. Yeah, like, you know, he's not a top-pairing guy anymore, but that doesn't mean he's not very effective.
0: Yeah, it's I, I think that, you know, he's one of those guys that gets uh, an unwarranted amount of criticism here. I mean, uh, I think you know, a lot of the fans like to criticize him for being slow and old and it's like he was never fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's a huge monstrous guy who is still pretty good and pretty sound uh, defensively. So, it, I mean, he's not he's not your number 1, he, or he shouldn't be. He has been your number 1 because guess what? The rest of the Bruins' defense has stunk over the past <laughs> few years, and that's not his fault. Uh, if he's in a role where he, you know, he should be, and you know, if he was a second-pairing guy, that would be unbelievable. Uh, and you know, I still think that there's a chance for him to have uh, a role that fits him uh, here in the next few years if the Bruins' defense pans out with the young guys, Rick McAvoy and Carlo. Um, like he does not, he shouldn't have to be the guy. And, uh, no. you know, I think that, that if, you know, if, if the Bruins management realizes that or puts him in a position where he doesn't have to be the guy, I'd like to see him stick around.
3: Well, and and yeah, I mean, he's Ottawa Senators fans are going to hate this, but he's he's a Bruins legend. Like he he is. Like he's going to be one of those guys. I think that you know, ten years from now, they go back and and they honor him because of the amazing accomplishments, including you know a Stanley Cup.
4: Guy's been around right. a very long yeah. time. Like he, there's a like a Wayne Gretzky anecdote, like where he was on the Rangers and he sees Dan O'Chara get on the ice with the Islanders. And he just skates over to the bench. He goes, "Yeah, that's why I'm retiring." <laughs> <laughs> but that's how long Char has been around.
0: Wow!
1: He
4: got to play against Wayne Gretzky.
0: And now, it's, now the young guys see him on the ice, and they're say, "Well, I'm just gonna skate around him."
4: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, and he can't even slash him so anymore. Fast. Yeah, can't even slash anybody anymore. Oh my God, are the new rules just gonna drive Bruins fans? Um, there's of all the fan bases they could piss off. It's Brad Bru- March... Bruins are, like, probably top. Philly's in there.
3: It's it Basically, the NHL has limited Brad Marchand's game. His face-offs, the way he takes mm. face-offs, and the way that he uses his stick, it, to me, this is that's his game. Dustin that's Bufflin
4: is going to average 45 seconds
3: of even strength ice time a game. Yeah. yeah. The- Brad Marchand
0: is going to have... Four million
3: penalties. Yes, he is. Yeah. He'll still score 40 goals. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. like if those are those are the things that make him like supremely effective in getting under opponent's skin. Breakaway's coming out of the box. The guys
1: who are good at face-offs, I think they're going to benefit from the new face-offs. You rules. think
3: so? Yeah, because nobody's
1: going to want to be able to take the risk, and it's going to be more fair. So the guys who are actually good at it are going to have an opportunity to show their skill.
4: Well, that's interesting, though, because the two Leafs who have struggled the most are Moore and Bozak.
3: Mm-hmm. And those and are supposed to be the strongest.
4: Those, are, yeah, those are supposed to be the guys. So, like, if you're now relying heavily on like Matthews or Kadri, like Kadri's never been like a strong face-off guy. I don't know. To me, like I, I said this on the radio yesterday, and sorry, Pete, we're going we're going a little leafy here, but th- this is like it's a great opportunity for Miro Waltonen because. You look at it and you go, well, he's a European. He's going to have trouble adjusting to the North American game. So that's going to be hindering him making the team. Well, Dominic Moore is having trouble adjusting to the North American game because the North American right. game changed overnight. So, I, I, who is the new face off rule going to benefit? I don't know because I think the guys who are best at face offs are the best at cheating. And right. now they're cracking down on cheating.
3: Well, and I, I couldn't, and I know there's a lot of people saying, don't complain. You know, this will even itself out. And I'm sure it will, but it sure is really annoying. Like it's, I don't know, Pete. If you've if you've seen, I don't know how the Bruins have done in the in the face off circle recently oh, in the in the preseason. Bergeron, buddy. But it's it's a little bit frustrating to watch, and the flow of the game gets interrupted because now instead of the ref not dropping the puck, you have the ref or you have a linesman not dropping the puck. You know, which was annoying enough. Now you've got them dishing out penalties for pointless infractions. Right. Nothing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean the the I guess if you want to look at the silver lining, if, if there's more penalties, then you're looking at a possible increase in scoring and power play scoring. So uh, we'll see how it goes in terms of that. But I, I I just like it's so frustrating to me that with the place that the game is in now, if this slows it down mm. any, it's a bad thing for the game because yeah. nobody like the the two. Rule changes—the two biggest rule changes that seem to have come out over the past year or a year or two—is that the off-size reviews uh, and and then this now—and oh. uh, both of those could actively work to slow the game down, which nobody wants.
4: Well, and also like from a visual standpoint, like yeah, power plays generate more goals, but power plays are like kind of boring, aren't they?
3: Like I don't. Well, they're exciting for one team. They're excited. Right. (laughs) It's all
4: in one spot, and it's just four guys. Looking to guard five guys, and they're all pretty much standing still. There's no flow, there's no you're not utilizing no the skills of, of today's hockey yeah. players, which is speed.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then icing the puck is just okay, we're gonna kill 20 seconds and watch everybody skate to the other end and then come back in the zone. That's not exciting. Yeah,
4: you watch. want to see McDavid take a rush, yeah, or do you want to see them friggin' play Harlem Globetrotters like around the zone? I'll just watch basketball.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if there are more power plays, like, usually power plays slow the game down because it just allows one team to set up and kind of just rotate pass back and forth until they're able to find an open guy. And just bury it in the back of the net.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, it
0: slows the game down. It's, 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 there's no end-to-end action usually in power yeah. play.
3: So. Um, with the slashing, uh, do you guys agree a little bit more with that? With the fact that you know, because I mean, there was there's a ton of that going on. And I mean, wasn't didn't someone break their hand last year? Because well, Martin of almost Martin lost a, finger. lost a finger. Mm-hmm. Um, be- uh, Johnny Gaudreau didn't he? Did
0: Johnny Gaudreau always gets slashed. Yeah, Johnny yeah.
4: Gaudreau, I think, was out for a while. I want to say Brendan Gallagher, but I know he also accidentally blocked a Weber shot. Ooh, fun. What, wasn't there someone on the Bruins as well?
0: Uh, a, I know a few years ago, uh, Tory Krug, I think he suffered like a wrist fracture. <laughs> Boy. Slash the, the
3: wrist. He's had a good couple years then. <laughs> wrist and job. Yeah, jaw. for sure. Um, yeah, no, I just, like, I, for, for, I feel like with the slashing thing, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. It's like okay, fine. You want to you want to cut back on the slashing. You don't want you know somebody else walking around with half a finger like Mark Mathot did. I get that. Uh, the the I wondered though with the faceoff violation. Other than Jeff Merrick, I don't know a single person who noticed or cared about how those faceoffs were going. Like, did did you do you remember a single fan at any point going, boy, I sure hate that Brad Marchand or Sidney Crosby cheated. Like it, Logan Couture sure had a, a point two Stanley Cups ago. Like, you know what I mean? Remember you made that comment about how Sidney Crosby cheats in the face-off circle? Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, well, who who well, is this to benefit?
0: Thing. And that's the stupidest thing because everybody cheats. And if everybody cheats, the level, the playing field is still level.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. Ah, the old <laughs>
3: steroid trick. A, like, Lance Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Patriots fan so, well, uh, I was. <laughs> if everybody
0: cheats. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, don't
1: know, I was at the game on the preseason game on Tuesday, and everybody started actively booing every time somebody got kicked out, regardless of which team, if it was an auto player or a lease player, who was getting kicked out of the faceoff, just because it was delaying the game. We wanted the action to start back. And right. We, Gotta yeah. take 10 like, seconds, I would throw see, somebody out. I would
0: rather see two guys cheating than see guys just constantly getting kicked out of the
3: face-off yeah. circle.
0: What? I don't need to see that. Just get on with the game.
3: And what's wrong with what they were doing? The, the, uh, the, the official just doesn't drop the puck. It's annoying. But at least it's not, okay, now we gotta stop, reset, send somebody off, yeah. and then we're gonna go to commercial break, and then we're gonna come back, and okay, well, now we're good to and go. And now
4: if you punch someone in the face... You get the same ramifications oh. for if your foot is over the line. Yeah. In the faceoffs, it's yeah. It's dumb. Now, to kind of counter something that we just said a minute ago, they want this to be a teaching thing. The goal is not necessarily, well, I don't know if I believe this, but the goal is not necessarily to increase penalties. It's to get these players to stop doing it. So they're getting them to stop cheating in the face-off circle, but also if they stop it with the slashing, if they reduce actual slashing, the game will be faster. See and that it will be free The slashing
3: makes sense. Again, if... if it's the, it's I the feel like face-off dot. People are, okay. are... You look at the way Marchand and Crosby and the, these guys who are really, really good at this, who people call people call them cheaters. I almost look at it and go, are they cheaters or have they innovated? Are they just doing the thing that no one else has has thought of yet? Uh, and they advance a, it. Cheater. <laughs> <Marjone's>
4: a cheater. Bergeron's a cheater. Bergeron, I think, is an innovator.
3: Right? Like I mean I d I don't know. Like I just I just feel like is is and I could be wrong on this, but is is Crosby not creating? Is that are you limiting the creativity of the face off? And if, if that's the new way to take the face off, then that's what they do. And if you gotta slap another guy's stick out of the way and that's a little bit of gamesmanship, that's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I'm crazy. I just never had a problem with it. I think it'll leave it out for a
4: guy like Crosby, right? Because now he can no longer cheat in the face-off circle. But what happens when you can't slash Sidney Crosby anymore?
3: Right. Yeah. The, the
4: return of the 120-point season.
3: Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be good. Um, so, uh, Pete, did you catch any of the game this morning with uh, the Kings and Canucks in uh, China?
0: I cannot say that I did. Uh, I had very little interest. I had very little interest in uh, in preseason hockey to begin with. Uh, but when you put it on, what time was that? It was at like seven thirty this
3: morning, 30. Eastern Standard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not getting up at
0: seven thirty in the morning for a preseason hockey game.
4: <laughs>
3: well, and which Honestly. Canucks
4: fans and Kings fans saw that game? Yeah, that would have been at four thirty. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, that seems
0: like a that seems like a gigantic oversight.
3: The <laughs> NHL, the NHL part. Well, <laughs> well, New that's York so time true. it'll be it'll be seven thirty. But you're right. You're right. And the Who thing was, watched this game. Also oh, it's a weekday. And nobody was there either. <laughs> nobody in China was there, apparently, either. Like did it was did game, not
4: Better question. Did this game happen? <laughs> Do we have oh, okay, we saw a box score. Do we have proof? that those things happen.
3: I mean... Do we have
4: video? Let's true. go to foxsports.com to find out.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but guys, But guys, they're really trying to grow the international game. That's why they're putting preseason games <laughs> on at 4.30 in the morning local time <laughs> uh, and not sending players to the Olympics. That's it's, that's their business
3: plan. That's right a now. great strategy. I, I hope this continues because they'll continue to be just North America only that way. Well, I, I've got uh, one of the... Uh, Guys who actually writes for Hockey Buzz kind of did a really good kind of breakdown, and I'm, you know, uh, we got a couple friends that work there, and he said uh, the NHL will be in China a minimum of six times in the next eight years, could be more. Uh, can't confirm that doesn't yet. Seem like very much. No, it's it's yeah, it's like the NFL in Canada, right? They're like yeah, six oh. times in the next eight well, years. Well, and that was a huge success. So. Uh, can't confirm regular season NHL games in China at this point. Um, there's apparently 15 teams, including the Bruins, Islanders, Capitals, and Canadians, have expressed interest. Uh, NHL representatives uh, met with uh, Kunlin. Is it Kunlin? Kunlin Red Star, yeah, um, which is a KHL team, and they do every single time that they go out to China. And, and I guess
4: CWHL team as
3: well, right? So th- apparently they are working with that. K- the, this is where I thought it was interesting that the NHL and the KHL are actually working together in China to grow the game because they believe there's mutual benefit there. And that was an interesting point. I thought, that that's kind of cool.
4: If I know anything about the KHL, it's that, uh, I don't know. I think they have something nefarious okay, going well, on. Do they owe the NHL money? How much? <laughs> and how long have they owed them that for? Fair was enough. Was it given to them in a brown paper bag? Um,
3: they're, saying, they're seeing this as a 20 to 30 year plan to break into China, and there's a chance that they haven't they haven't confirmed this, that, that an NHL team in a preseason game will play Red Star.
4: The NHL might not be able to break into Calgary, which is a market right. they're already in, so yeah. um, uh, I'll believe it when I see it.
3: Pete, what did you think of the Joffrey Lupul stuff? Uh, I didn't actually see
0: what actually happened there. I, I, I caught up on it a little bit this morning, uh, but what did he actually say?
4: So, okay, he tweeted a picture of him snowboarding down a pretty rad slope and uh, he basically said all work is what which is you know the Mayweather thing but then someone talked about uh, someone left a comment like didn't you just fail your physical because it's true like less than a week before he posts this Lou Lamorella goes oh yeah both Nathan Horton and Joffrey Lupo failed their physicals right and then Lupo posts this thing of him going down a hill that guy leaves a comment and Lupo leaves two comments in response uh, one of them was, "I'm just waiting for the call, which is kind of cryptic. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, yeah, just waiting for the call. and then the really bad one, haha, failed physical. they cheat. Everyone lets them. So but that's basically just
0: suggesting that they just let let the Leafs stash him
3: basically now what's interesting is that you and know then he released an apology everybody assumed that he was on LTIR last year uh, and he wasn't he actually was the Leafs actually had him on the cap now if they wanted to make I believe if that uh it
1: only activates if you're above the cap yeah so they were below it so it didn't need that so if the Phil if, if yeah. Philpola
3: had accepted the deal from Tampa to Toronto with Brian Boyle um then it would have activated but because it never happened and he wanted to he didn't want to go play for Babcock. Uh, It ended up being that they didn't have to use that space, so he never actually went on long-term injury reserve, and he's still on IR. He's not on LTIR, which is different.
4: He's on, he might come back injured reserve.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, and he's and he said today, now this is what he tweeted out last night. I just want to to complete the story, Pete. He said, I responded earlier this week to some negative comments on Instagram. It was an inappropriate response, and I deleted it, but I take full responsibility. It's been extremely tough not to be able to play for the last uh, five one point five years or one and a half years. I will not be seeking a second opinion. But I hope one day to be able to get back on the ice, I apologize to the media, fans, Leaf's organization, and most of all my teammates for this unneeded distraction.
4: Pete, you're a Patriots fan. Is this cheating? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I do think there is some some
0: shady crap that goes on around the league. Like I thought the host of stuff was pretty shady um, oh,
3: come on. in Chicago, and and like what about Datsuk in Detroit?
0: Yeah, I mean like like there's there's definitely circumvention that goes goes on around the league, and and uh, you know I don't know how you deal with it. I I just think that you know when a guy comes out and says something and maybe suggests that. That there's some shady crap going on. Don't write it off immediately. And I know that he was probably forced to apologize, but there's some. There's probably something there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I wouldn't be quick to write write those guys off.
4: I agree. Well, and like we, we kind of freaked out about it last show, and I freaked out on Lupo, and I freaked out on Kadri. Like I think now, it has the chance to go away. Which I think is exactly what the Leafs want, and I think it's what Lupul wants too. But on that note, it doesn't necessarily excuse what's going on, whatever that is, because we don't know. It was suggested in the city that the Leafs have something on him. Now I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but like, if they're using, if they're holding something over Lupul's head. That's definitely a problem. Or like basic, that's basically like blackmail.
0: It like is. Yes.
3: However, if you have an agreement with somebody, that's different. So if you agreed that hey, we won't come out with this, but also understand that you're not playing for us, and that's the agreed upon that's still
1: thing. a Shady agreement. <laughs> that's, that's but, a but mob I mean, yeah. <laughs> but <it's>
3: still <laughs> some. Uh, I mean, okay. but if he agreed to it, that's my point, right? Like you know, I, I don't know. Would he have lost money if they bought him out? I don't know. I'm sure he would have lost some, right? Lost well, Chris know, Johnson next week. Yeah, because I'm not sure how that. I'm not sure fully how the cap works on that with players over the age of 24. But apparently, it's isn't it like you I think don't the
0: get the bio penalty for him would have been pretty low for for the Leafs. but right. I think he still collects that salary.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. he does. Okay, full salary. Uh,
0: two th- no, I think it's like two thirds of the salary.
3: Uh, right. Is what he would collect. So then he could. They could say to him, "Listen, we can buy you out, mm-hmm. or we can just pay you." And uh, you can be quiet yep. and make your money. Make or all you of your can money. Do
4: none of the work, and yeah, make all of the money. Yeah. Yep.
3: So, I wonder about that. And I, I guess he wants to make a uh, make a comeback next year, which is going to be tough after two and a half years away from the game. But um, now, I, I want to get everybody's opinion on this because the cap circumvention thing has always sort of been an issue ever since it was instituted. And Lou Lamorel has been really at the forefront of that. Um, is it cap circumvention if it's legal? So if, if you know, the, the Ilya Kovalchuk deal, at the time, was basically legal. Except for the fact that it was not in the spirit of the CBA. And that was what the NHL, I believe, took issue with.
4: They had to basically change the rule. Like, that was the... I'm surprised it's not called the Lou Lamorello rule, in the same way that it's called the Sean Avery rule. Yeah. For waving your stick in the goalie's face. Like, it was him. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. his fault. Yeah. So, is that is that really caps or convention or is it just people, being, people taking it to the letter of the law and going, well, this, this is allowed, so I'm going to take advantage of it. And is that not just a competitive advantage?
0: Beep. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, if, if you, I don't know, I think if, if, you, if you can do it within, uh, within the letter of the law and get away with it, then that forces uh, it to be written in. So I mean, as a, again, I hate to keep bringing up the Patriots, but Bill Belichick does that all the time. He'll just he'll <laughs> exploit things that are you know basically frowned upon, but it's it's legal and he can do it if he wants to. Uh, and then until the NFL says, all right, now we're going to change the rules because you're being a dick. Uh, so <laughs> I think if if you can exploit it to your advantage, then all the power to you. Um, but it, I mean, when it when it affects. You know when it affects other people and kind of you know puts them in the, in a tough spot. I think that's when you kind of gotta look at revisiting and not allowing teams to do that.
3: Are you a fan of Apple Watches, Pete? Uh, <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Uh, that is also probably the lamest sports controversy, it sh- quote unquote controversy in the history of sports.
4: I think a lot of people agree. That's why it's kind of like... I, up up here, it was a big story, and then it went away. Is Gone. it still a big thing in Boston? No, no. Nobody's
0: talking about that here.
4: Um,
3: okay, so uh, what are your thoughts on videotaping the practices of the opposing team?
0: <laughs> if it helps you win a Super Bowl, I'll <laughs> for it.
3: What about what? deflating footballs? Uh, if, again, if it helps you win a Super Bowl... Uh,
0: I'm all for it. But I don't see how that helps you in a Super Bowl when you ran the ball like 80% of the time uh, in your AFC Championship game and still won by 40 points.
3: And and have you read Tom Brady's book where he wakes up apparently every day and says he drinks 25 ounces of electrolyte-balanced water? That he, he's he's like a health book out? Did you guys read this? No. Yeah, and, and so, so I guess he's got a ridiculous routine and health professionals have come out and said, no, you definitely shouldn't drink that much water like have a have a glass of water, but not twenty five ounces or whatever uh, it but was. But I
1: think the guy who's the greatest quarterback of all time knows the thing about. Yeah, it's true. Maybe what if it staying just, healthy. You what know? if it just happens to work? Yeah, <laughs> like, like I think we should trust a forty year old who's still playing the, in the no, NFL. No,
4: the, the, I'm saying the research is for most people it does not work,
1: but for him it just happens to work. So let Tom Brady be Tom Brady. Is what I'm saying.
4: Jesse, I want you to drink one of those giant office things of water. Like, just hold it over your head tomorrow morning. And let's, <laughs> I want to see you, you know, become quarterback for the Argos. Do I look I, like
1: I have five Super Bowls? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Pete?
0: I love Tom Brady with all my heart, but there's absolutely no way that I am taking nutrition or just lifestyle advice from that guy like he's never had he claims to never have coffee i'm already out on that i would be an absolute monster if i could not drink coffee uh and then he goes to bed at like 8:30 every night not interested in that either and it's just he he doesn't eat like half of the food groups doesn't, and
3: he doesn't I eat mushrooms have or no tomatoes to
0: living like that
3: yeah like he he won't eat mushrooms, tomatoes, things like that. Like he he's like, I remember it, the quote I loved from him was, "I don't need to taste a burger to know it tastes good." He's like,
0: what? That is just like I I will go to war for Tom Brady 8 days a week, but if he said that in front of my face, I would probably just walk away.
3: <laughs> like, "You're my friend and I love you, but I can't with you right now." I'm leaving. I'm leaving
0: because I have to. Because I don't want to say anything that I'll regret. I need to walk away from you right now.
4: (laughs) I was on the radio last night with JD Bunkus and Ashley Docking, and Ashley admitted on the radio, Pete, that she has chicken fingers with a sauce that is ketchup and mayonnaise, which you might know as fancy sauce from Step Brothers.
0: That's disgusting. I'm I, not allowed I, to be her friend, right? Anti mayo guy, and just combining mayo with anything just sounds like a bad time.
3: Wow. See now, Pete, mayo's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know what you're not. talking about. Mayo is tremendous. You guys overrated. are you're How wrong you? about mayo. Okay, yeah, I no, love you not, both, but you're wrong about not, freaking mayo. We're not. Um, okay, so I got some audio we want to play. Oh, and the this, internet's back! So the internet is back, Pete. The reason we haven't got to the uh, the audio yet is the internet, uh, for some reason inexplicably went down. But there's some things that we got to talk about. The first thing is a little bit older. Obviously, there's some clips that blew up today, but this one is from Mike Francesa at uh, WFAN in New York. Now, just a little background: uh, Penn State won a football game, fifty-six to nothing. And and it was against Georgia State. No, they State.
1: didn't win 56 nothing.
3: Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Penn Penn State... Well, I guess, okay. So there was a there was a field goal attempt, and I'm going to play the clip. Field goal attempt with a few seconds left, and here's what happened. Ready? I'm ready. All right.
4: Do with, we had our fourth team on the field, and we don't have a
2: fourth team field goal block. They didn't even really know how to get lined up with the mix-and-match guys that we had in there, so we called timeout. To get the second team field goal block in there, um, and that's just kind of how it played out. So Georgia
3: Georgia State was basically they had marched. They're down fifty six to nothing. They march into a field goal range, and they're like, "Okay, we might get a we might get a field goal here, so it can be fifty six to three. So at least we get on the board, get right? On
4: the board. Don't get shut out in a football game, which I
3: feel like is hard to do. So what you heard there was the Penn State coach talking about why he called a timeout right before. They were supposed to... to ice, because he iced the kicker when they were up 56 nothing, And the kicker missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So the, the coach said, well, we had our fourth team on, and we couldn't get it together. And people are saying, well, who cares? Who Mike, cares your team? Mike Francesa had this to say.
5: Penn State coach James Franklin called a timeout with his team leading, and as Georgia State attempted a field goal with 11 seconds remaining, with his team trailing 56-0, Georgia State kicker Brandon Wright lined up for a 31-yard field goal and a shot to at least get on the scoreboard. But James Franklin wasn't conceding anything. Georgia State snapped the ball and right launched a kick through the uprights, but Franklin got a timeout in just under the wire. That is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> and his stooge tried to alibi around it. And these fans, who are happy now that they're winning 56 nothing and could give a damn what they did to Georgia State, sit there and make excuses for them didn't have a kick block team. He's got to try and block a kick at 56 Nothing. He's a horse's ass for doing that. That's a quote. I had to do... It had to do with... We had our fourth team on the field. We didn't have a four-team field goal block. What the heck do you need to block it for? Let the ball go through the uprights. You jerk. You <laughs> jerk. So we call time out to get the second team field goal block in there. What a bunch of garbage that is. He sells you that, he'll sell you anything. The guy iced him, plain and simple, because he wanted a shutout. He and he got some grief so he came up with him for some lame excuse oh, that done. the alums could sell somebody. He's getting a pregnant pause. Pregnant Anybody pause. Anybody watching knows that is complete nonsense. The guy kicks it again and misses, right? That's the bottom line. So I hope he was proud of himself as he ran across the field. You know, I hope he was proud of himself for getting that 56 nothing. I hope he was real proud of him. I hope he was proud of himself on a coach's show. Show it a few times. A lot of.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going, but <laughs> wow! <laughs> now I want to compare and contrast that, guys, because you know Mike's Mike Francesa sometimes gets yeah. fired up. Rarely does he get fired up, mm-hmm. but when he does, it's interesting. Now, I I want to know who did a better job. Was it Mike or was it this guy?
4: Pete wrote about this guy today, and I'm Pete all morning. I've been wanting to talk about this with
3: you three all morning. Is it is it is his name David Santana? Or is it Michael something? I don't know. I don't know this guy's name, but he's from ESPN Radio in New York, 98.7. Um, nice Pete. Nice beat, oh, yeah. Do you know? <laughs>
0: uh, it's um, something. Uh, his last name is uh, two things. It's Don Don LaGreca is his name.
3: Don LaGreca. Okay. Don LaGreca looks like an older version of Guy Fieri. He
4: looks like the child of Augustus Gloop and Veruca Salton. <laughs> there
3: you go. So here, so here's what Don has to say, and this is also football related, about math.
2: Did he have to throw the football? Come on, stop it already, right? Everybody's coming up with these styles. Oh, well, this offensive lineman, only 27% of the time was Eli pressured from his left side on Monday nights when Sean McDonough's the announcer. Stop. Stop creating some narrative that you, everybody knows football better than somebody else. Your eyeballs tell the story. The offensive line sucks, period. That's my stat. You want a stat? You want sabermetrics? Offensive, Don McGregor Le- Don Le- Don Le- tweeted last night, or said on the Michael Cage offensive line stinks. That's the stat. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accounts now in baseball. Uh, What is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem that the Red (laughs) Jays offensive line, that their records (laughs) should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem That The when, giant's offensive line that their record recording through and all. When I talk when I talk when I taught Pythagorean theorem, I sound like that. No. Oh. The people that trust the oh. Pythagorean theorem, okay. the people that listen to the Pythagorean theorem, the people that sit there at their desk, that only know the naked body through National Geographic that Whoa. do the math to come up with the Pythagorean theorem. That's what they sound like. <laughs> wow. Quit it. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. 40! <laughs> That's one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. And they have not gone this long without scoring 20 points since 77-78 when Joe Basarczyk was their quarterback. <laughs> Patterson played Joe. How glad so is that, microphone? that with your Pythagorean theorem. The Joe Basarczyk theorem. You're dead.
3: <laughs> he is as orange as his shirt, by the way, when this ends. Um, oh
2: my god. He,
4: listen, first it was Kevin Durant. You do not want a problem with me, Pythagoras! <laughs> <laughs> you so-called ancient Greek Pythagoras! <laughs> oh my god. The, 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 the I'm a man, I'm 40 guy, off the hook.
3: Yeah. yeah, For sure.
0: I, I have two strong takeaways from both of those clips. Uh, and the first one is I can compl- I could not disagree w- more with Mike Francesa. <laughs> Sports is not about protecting people's feelings. Thank uh, you if you can sh- if you can shut out a team, you gotta go for it. You gotta shut them out if you have the opportunity to do it. And that's not not even to mention the fact that that by calling a timeout the kicker still has an opportunity to do his job, he didn't do his job. Yeah. He missed the kick and that's that's his problem. It's not the coach's fault. Um, If you can win 56 to nothing, that's better than winning 56 to three. And you're not doing your job correctly if you're not trying to beat the opponent as badly as you can. So that's my take on that. Uh, And then this guy, there is a 0% chance that he even knows what the Pythagorean is. (laughs) It it in in no way applies to football
3: at all. Um, it did build his house, though, which is interesting. I no. mean, you use that, you know, you use that in engineering. You know what
4: built his house, Adam? Men with 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 brawn and their bare hands. And then when they went home, they went and watched football. For 40 years.
2: For 40 years. That's how they built his house.
0: Also, the the most underrated part of that clip is him thinking that nerds have to go to National <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thank you, know, you B, thank
4: My you. big takeaway from this, like, I remember, I, so I listened to this in the car on my car speakers, blaring it like it was the Wu-Tang Clan. It was the best. And my first thought when I heard that quote was, this guy fucks.
0: Here's this guy making fun of nerds who probably spend all day on the computer and all day online, and thinks that they have to go get a National Geographic magazine to see naked women. Definitely not aware of how the internet works. No,
3: no. Or is there another way? How the internet might have like grown catalogs? (laughs) Um, Okay, so last last clip. Last clip, now this doesn't have anything to do with sports, <laughs> I don't know like. but I still think it's important that we play it, because it's it's an important clip. It's another freakout, and I want to compare contrast with the first two, okay? Oh, Are we ready? Oh my
4: god, you know what's... Here, before, it... before you play it, before okay. you play it, Pete, damn it, I'm so happy you're back doing what you do. Like, you got to write an article about that clip.
0: What did you say? I know.
4: You're living the, the dream, dude.
0: I know, it really is the best, and that's why I'm so excited to be able to write about that about the stuff that people are talking about online every day, because usually it's dumb crap like that. Like, that is where I thrive in just the dumbest stories uh, in the sports world. So I'm very excited about
4: it. Please change your name to Pete Thagoras.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is from MSNBC, and I think it's uh, O'Connell? Something O'Connell. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You've
2: heard the clip, but we have to play it again. He's forever the hammer Congress. Michael Iscoff has the latest on that.
1: Lawrence O'Connell. O'Donnell,
2: Lawrence O'Donnell. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Where's the hammer? Is it on the uh, go up on the other floor? Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. This poor old man. I'll go down to the goddamn floor myself and stop it. Keep the goddamn commercial break going. Call fucking Phil Griffin. I don't care who the fuck you have to call. Stop the hammering. Fuck, out of control shit. <laughs> now, he, he released a tweet and apologized. sucks. Oh. It fucking sucks to be out apology? here with this out of control shit.
4: <laughs> and, Pete, did you see the whole eight minute clip? It's eight minutes? Eight minutes That's long. That's eight minutes? yeah, so this is the th- I feel I felt bad for him, yeah, okay? because it's eight minutes long. There's a solid four or five minutes of him freaking out, which was probably over the course of potentially a couple hours because it's just his right. Hits, it's just right. yeah. so we're missing all the so. so this is going on. What was driving him nuts is someone's just having a casual conversation in his ear about some other shit and you just see him like, like he's about to keel over.
3: Right. And he's so controlled in his read otherwise, right? What's amazing, he goes from angry to like very
4: controlled. Yeah, and he's not he's not very verbal about it. He's just like there's someone in my ear. There's some and it gets more and more there's someone there's a woman talking in my ear and you see him like like he starts to get up from his desk but he doesn't actually say anything. And then that fucker with the hammer. <laughs> and he just pops. Now, it wasn't just that, that there was a lead up to it, because you shouldn't freak out on people like that. Mm-hmm. Who released
2: that I, uh,
0: footage? Yeah. It's now my life goal to put that clip uh, on audio and then just walk around into <laughs> Ram Stranger's house while they have sex and just start playing.
4: Stop the hammering! Stop the
0: hammering!
3: If, your team, if, if the Leafs or Bruins ever get blown out this year, we should just put that clip out there. Stop, Stop the, the hammering. hammering!
4: That that has so many uses,
0: and I'm I'm going to use it at every given opportunity. That's amazing.
4: Stop the hammering! That poor guy. Why did he tweet an apology? I'm sorry that well, someone he said, on my staff released he said, this
3: footage? No, he said a better man would have handled the situation you know, would have handled the situation better. I
1: like, understand why he issued one. Also, shout out him for having at Lawrence on Twitter. Wow, that's, it's just Lawrence.
3: Lawrence is his Twitter handle. Okay, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. He, he was on that early. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. If you get one name, you're not of one one guy.
4: It's like him, Drill, God, bunch of other
3: ones. Yep. Oh, um. God. So we're running out of time here because we 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 started a little bit late today. My fault. You know, things happen. But Pete, um before we go those three clips which was the best freak out which was the which was the one that you're like man I could listen to that over and over and over again I'll never get tired
0: well I mean it's tough to say that the guy who went on for eight minutes didn't have (laughs) the best freak out but I will say I think the oh man that's such a tough question I think I think the Pythagorean theorem one is probably the best just in the sense that it makes absolutely no sense and there's, like, zero <laughs> there's zero <laughs> connection, and none of that rant makes any sense at all. Like, you can see where the other two guys are coming from. Uh, so I, I, when when picking uh, the best rant, I'm going to go with, half, with the most nonsensical, and that's for sure the Giants-Pythagorean theorem one.
4: Uh, I couldn't agree more, because one was a guy having a very bad day. The other was Mike right. Francesa, who, if he had just been like, oh, I called a timeout, what a jerk... He hammed it up. This other dude went deep into his past. Yeah. And into a deep psychological scar.
0: Deeply, deeply hurt at one point in his life. In his high school career. Oh,
4: yeah. Well, and and you got to listen to it again because... He goes on about Pythagorean the and Pythagorean the and then finally he's just going, ah! Ah! like he's just screaming <laughs> yeah. to the point where his co-host is trying to reel it in, and while his co-host is talking, ah! he's just screaming it's, through it.
3: It's like a guttural like instinct almost, right? He's
4: screaming at his grade 10 teacher right now.
3: Right, <laughs> right.
0: And he did a
4: lisp on command.
0: Yeah. Is a great move during a rant. <laughs> just, go, just implement a lisp.
4: Yeah, just do whatever, like, the 60s, like, whatever you would taunt a nerd with back then, you bring that bring that out. Right. That's, that's been in the locker for 30 or 40 years. Now, you bring that out now. Oh,
2: oh the, the Pythagorean theorem.
3: It's nice that outside of hockey, the analytics debate still rages. I'm glad it rages in football. I'm glad it rages in a little bit in basketball, too. It's nice to know that it's, it's everywhere. It's Pete, I bring here. this to
4: you. Who would be the most likely person to have a Pythagorean theorem rant
3: in hockey? No. <laughs> Jeremy Roenick,
5: what a great pick!
3: Wow, (laughs) you know I think it'd be a good one too. I'd watch that. Like now, because if Milbury did it, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. But I think I feel like Jr. would at least be really funny about it, Uh, even if he was wrong.
4: Jr. the Anakin Skywalker of hockey broadcasting.
3: Why do you call him that?
4: You were supposed to be the chosen one. (laughs) It's
5: true.
0: I think I think Milbury would 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 do it justice, but I, I think that he would be able to kind of form sentences better than <laughs> Jeremy Roenick, so I'd yeah. I rather see Jeremy Roenick just do absolute nonsense and just throw the Pythagorean theorem in there somewhere. That'd be good.
4: Throw a water bottle from the bench and just, <laughs> uh, that was great. That was great. In, in such a short time, I feel like we haven't had three real good viral breakdowns.
3: Not like, in a while. No. Uh, okay, w- random question before we go here. How much does your staff have to hate you before something like that gets out? <laughs> like, I almost wonder that if, be
4: the first one, eh? if that
3: if that can't be the first freakout he's ever had, right? Because, you know, at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, we'll keep this under the rug or whatever. But if you're like that constantly, it's bound to get out. That's why I always feel like, okay, you see one rat. You, there's like a nest that you don't see. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? One cockroach, yeah. Yeah, so I, I wonder like- if... Sorry, go ahead,
0: Pete. That's like the Bill, O'Re- the Bill O'Reilly thing where he's like, yes. fuck it, we'll do it live. Like You know that that guy had a million of those rants over the course mm-hmm. of his career, uh, and they just ended up picking the best one and putting it out there. And it's the Look how is much of an asshole this guy is.
4: Underrated aspect of the Bill O'Reilly one, the fuck it, we'll do it live, and I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. That's an old clip. He was doing entertainment at that, that point. That means someone saved like a beta tape. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. like OG internet days where there was like three videos on the internet, and that was one of
4: them. Yeah, they had this thing like the size of 10 iPads stacked on top of each other in their house for probably a couple decades. And transitioned it. And then they saw him on Fox one day and were just like, you know what, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. And They converted it. They had to convert it to digital and then upload it. Like, they had to really put effort. They
3: hated him. You have to hate someone. Into that hatred. To, to, you have to, there's some passion there. That's, that's passion. That's dedication. I want it. I want this to go to as many eyeballs as possible. I want them to be a coworker of people. Apron, absolutely. <laughs> that kind of dedication and hard work. Uh, Pete, good luck this season, man. I uh, we whenever the whenever the Leafs play the Bruins, we're gonna we're gonna harass you on the phone and make you leave work for a bit. Uh, but we're so excited for you as fans of you uh, because it's it's amazing that you're you're back at work. And I'm I'm glad you had a great summer. And frankly, I'm a little fucking jealous. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. You should be. I had a great summer.
3: <laughs> good. Good, I'm glad. Good. Well, hey, how's unemployment going for you, Pete? Uh, Good one, man.
0: Good one. Hey, congratulations on the uh, sports extension, by the way.
4: Thank you. I I didn't tweet that for, like, everyone was very nice, and they're like, hey, man, congrats. That's so great to hear. I literally just did that to troll the athletic. Like, I I thought it was funny. Right. I said big day tomorrow, and then I'm like, ah, I'm just staying with the company you probably thought I was going to stay with anyway. Ah. (laughs) And then everyone was like really nice, and including Pete. So, thank well, you. Well, don't
3: get used to it because that's the one time the internet will be nice to you this year. Yeah. Yeah, so.
4: I'm going to get laid off, and people are going to be like, oh, I bet you were, Steve. <laughs> Boy, who cried wolf. <laughs>
3: I'm screwed. So, Pete, uh, we'll be looking out for you. Follow uh, Pete Blackburn on Twitter. And obviously, uh, we'll, again, we'll be on to uh, to chirp you about the Bruins and how terrible they are this year As every time they play the Leafs. Okay, man? Perfect. Perfect. All right. And I'm looking forward to the uh, Steelers Patriots matchup, too. Do you think that New England's defense is the worst or second worst in the league?
0: No. No, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine. Was,
3: and Bill, we trust. See? Patriots fans, man. They never have to worry. They never have to doubt. Nope. Never. <sighs> All right. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday. I believe, is it uh, Chris Johnson will be on? Yes. Chris Johnson will be on from Sportsnet. Uh, uh, And I think that's it. Is that what we have to do? I will
4: say tentatively. Tentatively. And and he said tentatively a billion times because, you know, hockey happens.
3: Right. Fair enough. Pete, thanks so much. We'll see you guys next Tuesday.
0: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle. At
3: Adam W-Y-L-D-E. And at Jesse Blake. The
4: Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order
5: at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.